0: on The Clay Edwards Show, and check out all things Clay Edwards at com for shirts and more. Peace. Boom goes the dynamite. You've tuned in to the Free Range Human Show of Choice, your daily dose of reality. Radio, this is The Clay Edwards Show. I am, of course, Clay Edwards. We are on 103.9 FM WYAB, streaming worldwide. W-Y-A-B dot com as well as the tune in app search W-Y-A-B I am told we are on Alexa as well same thing W-Y-A-B if you miss any of this the podcast is always available please go subscribe to the podcast uh, on whatever app you listen to them on if you got an iPhone it's that little purple uh, podcast tab would love a five star review and a uh, and a uh, subscription there it helps us a lot. With those, just search Clay Edwards Show real quick before we get to our opening guest. We got Sean Yurt in the studio with me uh, tonight. Is the big night? I'll tell you a little bit more about it later. But it's the Clay, second annual Clay Edwards Show Christmas Party out at Burgers Blues Barbecue in downtown Brandon. We'll get the festivity started. You know, well, let's, let's just say six o'clock. If I get there earlier, I'm there earlier. But I was we're gonna start at six. They close at 9. We're going to have a good time, do a little community building, meet some folks, and just uh, enjoy the night. we got buckets of beer special. I'll tell you all about that later. Let's go straight to our guest. From the Magnolia Tribune, we've got Russ Latino on the line with us. Russ, good morning, brother.
1: Good morning. How are you guys?
0: Man, we're doing good. Thank you for uh, taking the time this morning to jump on with Sean and I. And I mean, look, let's just jump into it. Uh, Unless you're living under a rock for the last 12 hours, the Colorado Supreme Court ruled that Trump cannot be on the uh, Republican primary ballot for the upcoming 2024 election. So I thought I would go to two of the smartest guys I know and let them explain it to us. We got Russ and we got Sean here. Uh, Russ, what what did we see happen yesterday?
1: Yeah, so there's a group out of Washington, uh, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. Uh, it is a progressive-funded group uh, that has been going around the country soliciting. Uh, Republicans who don't necessarily like Donald Trump uh, to file lawsuits. And the basis of the lawsuit is a provision in the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution that most people probably have never heard of or thought about. Uh, But there's a section in the 14th Amendment that deals with uh, office holding by people who swore an oath to the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection. Uh, and so there's a very purposeful reason why January 6th has been couched into insurrection. It really was to try and fit it into this sort of obscure provision in the 14th Amendment. Uh, but you got to remember, at the time the 14th Amendment was ratified, we were coming out of the Civil War. It was one of three Civil War uh, amendments to the Constitution, and what the people who wrote it were talking about was not allowing people who had served as Confederate generals, who had taken part in secession or the breaking up of the Union, from coming back and serving in Congress. Uh, the way it's written is it explicitly mentions representatives and senators being uh, disallowed or banned if they engage in insurrection. There's not an explicit mention of a president being disallowed. Um, there is sort of a catch-all that for any officer of the United States. So the The argument that got made in Colorado and got made in Michigan and Minnesota as well unsuccessfully um, was that the president had engaged in insurrection on January 6th, and as a result of the 14th Amendment's provision around insurrection, he was not qualified or able to sit on the ballot. Um, A trial court in Colorado ruled that the president had engaged in insurrection, that judge, though, said. It's above my pay grade, essentially, to decide whether or not that amounts to something that would trigger this provision in the U.S. Constitution. What well, the Colorado Supreme Court came back and said yesterday, a 4-3 decision, uh, all seven members of the Colorado Supreme Court are Democrats, uh, so still very close decision, basically said, we think he engaged in insurrection, and we think we have the authority to say that he's not allowed to be on the ballot. It sets up an immediate challenge to the U.S. Supreme Court play, because... The, the court, even in Colorado, said you basically have it in January 4th. If you file an appeal before January 4th to the U.S. Supreme Court, we will stay our own ruling. So this ultimately ends up in front of the U.S. Supreme Court um, and sets up, you know, there, there's a whole host of really interesting legal questions uh, coming out of this thing.
2: Russ, doesn't the district court? I thought I read last night that they said they did not rule that he was an officer under the meaning of the Fourteenth uh, Amendment, Section Three. Is that is that your reading of that? The, uh, yeah, the district so, court level. So. That's what they said that he and that the Colorado Supreme Court said that he was. They they ruled that he was. And that I don't know if I, I read through a lot of the the Colorado Supreme Court's opinion. Not all. of It was pretty lengthy, but uh, I think the district court said that he wasn't, and then the Supreme Court said that he was.
1: Yeah, my, my reading of what the district court had said was essentially, I don't, I, we don't feel qualified to say that the U.S. Constitution intended to include this guy, uh, in, in sort of that any officer role. And so what, what the U.S. Supreme Court ultimately will decide, I mean, one, they're going to have to look at this and say, is what happened on January 6th the type of insurrection, right, that the, the people who wrote the 14th Amendment sort of had in mind when they wrote that amendment. Um, and again, we're talking literally about people who had seceded from the Union, right, that, that had started a civil war. Um, so you've got a, a court in the U.S. Supreme Court that's filled with people who claim originalism, right, which is looking back at sort of the historical context of when something was written. I think so. Th- that'll be one of the questions they have to answer. I think they absolutely will also have to answer the question if they find that this rises to the level of, of insurrection that was intended in the 14th Amendment. They're going to have to answer whether or not that amendment actually applies to the president. Um, and that's, I think, what was held up in the, the trial court level in Colorado was uh, really it wasn't clear because, like I said earlier, you've got senators and representatives explicitly mentioned as not being able to take seats if they've engaged in insurrection but no explicit mention of the presidency. And I think that'll factor into the way the Supreme Court sees it, um, you know, as well.
2: And and then another issue that they were, it was kind of interesting, you can go down a rabbit hole on it, was whether the uh, Section 3 is self-executing or if it needs other type of legislation to implement it. And that was an argument that, you know, was made by the original – this idea, everybody, was was floated by these two law professors, Baud and Paulson. They were conservative law professors. And then Lawrence Tribe jumped into the thing too. And, you know, Tribe's argument is that – the section three is self executing that it would be self executing the way that the qualifications for the presidency are self executing. Like if somebody was thirty three and tried to run for president, they couldn't do so and that would you could enforce it through that mechanism. And that's saying here now the counter argument is that it's not self executing and there needs some sort of enforcement mechanism to it or legislation. Is that was that are reading too, Russ?
1: Yeah, so I I think the question about self self executing yeah, Lawrence Tribes waited on that. So is Michael Ludig, who's a very conservative, sort of Federalist Society, uh, judge who was on the Fourth Circuit, uh, who came to the same conclusion that it was self-executing. But I think there's some really good arguments on the opposite side of that. Section mm-hmm. five of the 14th Amendment, uh, basically gives Congress the power, uh, to execute on, on the 14th Amendment, right? right and correct. so I, I think, I think there's a good argument there that really this is Congress's responsibility what we know is that the only time it's ever been applied, Congress has been the one applying it, right? So mm-hmm. immediately after the Civil War, Congress was responsible for kind of parsing who are we going to allow from the Confederacy to serve, um, wow. you know, who are we going to seat? If you look at Section 3 itself, Sean, it basically says that Congress has the right to waive the provision, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, that they, they can decide with a certain percentage of the vote not to disallow someone from sitting. So... There's at least a good argument that when it was written, the intention was that Congress would be that gatekeeper. The only time since Reconstruction this thing has ever been applied uh, was to a socialist who had opposed uh, the U.S.'s entry into World War uh, I, mm-hmm. who, uh, Victor Berger, who got uh, disqualified for a certain period of time uh, based on a conviction around the, the Sedition Act, and then ultimately the Supreme Court overturned that, and the guy served three terms in Congress. That's literally the only time it's been applied outside of of the Civil War, and again, that was Congress that was making that decision. So, I think there's a really good argument that um, that ultimately the enforcement mechanism is Congress itself. In which case, you can't have states just randomly deciding to kick the guy off the ballot.
2: Correct. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. I've read those the other counter arguments. It seems pretty persuasive to me on based upon those things. The other thing too, I don't know if you looked um, the. And I thought about this last night kind of deeply. When you're talking about the context of the Reconstruction Amendments, you know, you, like you said, we had – this is post-Civil War. They wrote that in terms of response to the Civil War. And you already knew who the Confederates were, right? The the war had been lost. Everybody you know, knew who the Confederates were. Then President Johnson had to issue a general amnesty to the Confederacy, and then there was – then you then there were exceptions to that amnesty where you'd have to apply for a pardon to the president. And you, you obviously you know it to it here too, my question also, and I know this doesn't is not it's not laid out in section three is how does one determine somebody was engaged in insurrection now it doesn't require an adjudication by a court, but it seems like since it was responsive to the civil war that the adjudication was the civil war that that was the that the loss in the civil war that these were the states in rebellion, and they were conf you know they were in rebellion, so we knew who they were. How do you know here? When somebody has engaged and what would be, you know, what would be the requirement? Like, is it just because here all that they're basing it on is some of the January 6th report, I think, is what they said in the opinion. And that's essentially really it. So, I I mean, is that so you can just what I'm trying to say is, I guess, simply is, can you just investigate someone and say, hey, look, this is what they did, but they've not been adjudicated in any context and call that insurrection?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think it's dangerous if it's done on a state-by-state basis for that reason, right? That there's, there's not a clear standard in the Constitution itself. And because it's been done so infrequently, the Supreme Court has really never defined what insurrection means in the context of that amendment. You know, even back then, though, very quickly they whittled down its application, right? Yep. It was, you know, people who were like at the head of the Army, so Robert E. Lee or Jefferson Davis, uh who actually post uh, uh, posthumously were were said they came back and said well you weren't actually insurrectionists uh, so um, early on even they decided this is going to be a very small class of people to whom we, we say you engage in insurrection such that you can't serve in Congress um, yeah it's it's not clear and, and I think that's what makes this potentially dangerous right it's like you, you you run the risk of states just sort of making up their own standards. Um, and if, if any state can make up its own standard, follow this to its logical conclusion. I mean, think about the, the fights that we've had over members of the court in the past, where the Democrats and Republicans have gone back and forth ratcheting things up. Who's to say that some Republican state doesn't fi- come back and say, actually, we think Joe Biden's engaged in insurrection? Uh-huh, yeah, um, and, and so you can have a really dangerous, slippery slope um, that ultimately sort of er- erodes democracy if you're not careful with this thing.
0: All right, uh, let's take a break real quick. We got Russ Latino, Magnolia Tribune, Sean Yorkron here in the studio. We're peeling back the onion on the Donald Trump being kicked off the ballot in Colorado decision that came down yesterday from the Colorado Supreme Court. This is the Clay Edwards Show. We'll be right back on the other side of this break. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show here on WYA. B, I'm going to hold off on ad reads here for a few minutes because we've got a limited amount of time with our guest Russ Latino with Magnolia Tribune. we got Sean Yorkran here in the studio. Hey, Russ, I just got a, I got sent a text by Kim Wade, and it's a, it's a tweet here, and it says, Republican Abraham Lincoln was taken off the ballot by Democrats in 1860. On April 12th, 1861, the Civil War began. I truly hope and pray we do not repeat our history. I didn't realize that... Uh, Lincoln have been taken off the ballot?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I think he's on to something in this sense. Um, we already are in a pretty combustible environment, right? Um, there's a whole host of people that look at the 2020 election and right, wrong, or indifferent believe that there were a lot of shenanigans that prevented a, a free and fair election from occurring. Um, you know, there there are people on the other side of that um, that kind of feel like they're under assault from, uh, you know, Donald Trump's followers. You, you, you're in that environment, and you start having courts say, we're not going to allow you to vote for this person, right? We're going to take away from you the right to make a vote. Um, I, I think you've you got away the possibility that that makes things a lot worse. Now, I'm not suggesting Civil War, right, because sure. I don't think we're there. But I am suggesting that you're, 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 you're making a bad situation much worse. It becomes much more combustible when you're having these kinds of decisions made. Um, you know, and, and Sean and I were talking about this notion of who actually enforces this provision of the Constitution, right? Is it self-executing? And, and really what that means is that if you had a court anywhere, say, we find that this person engaged in insurrection – um, that effectively, state by state, you could have people getting kicked off the ballot. Uh, kind of what I was saying going into the break was you can imagine a scenario where conservative jurisdictions suddenly have lawsuits alleging that, that Biden is engaged in insurrection or that Democrats are engaged in insurrection. And the end result is you end up with a really divided map. Um, and so I think the Supreme Court's you know, obviously going to weigh the law, uh, but as part of laying that law, I think they've got to have a serious consideration about what is the what is the impact of this on the integrity of our elections and faith and democracy moving forward.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's why Russ, I was going to ask you that too. I mean, I, my inclination, and I assume it's yours, and most of the you know most people I think that are you know into this is that the Supreme Court's not is not going to uphold the uh, Colorado Supreme Court's ruling. I, I just don't see. I mean, the, the result of them doing so. It kind of takes us to a place I don't know that we want to go. It's kind of like what you're just saying. Do you agree with that, or?
1: Yeah, I mean, my my instinct is that they won't. I mean, I I think um I think that you've got a bunch of people on the court who claim originalism. I think they're going to look at what what happened on January 6th, and I think they're going to compare it in in context to a civil war. You know, they're 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 going to read into the comparison what that amendment originally meant. Um, and so I think I think they're going to be hard-pressed to say, you know, this is a clear example of insurrection. I think they're going to be hard-pressed to say the amendment really applies to a president when the president's uh, role is not actually named in the amendment, um, which, which they could have easily done when they wrote it, right? Um, and I think this question about self-executing, they're going to have to address at some level as well. And so... Um, my instinct is that the end result of this is that the Colorado Supreme Court gets overthrown, um, you know, and, and that Donald Trump remains on the ballot.
0: And that Democrats scream democracy has died and woe is them. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think well, this I, I think this has to be overturned because I, I, I'm with you and I'll be a little more I'll be a little more uh, hyperbolic. I, I do think this this will light the flame. To whatever modern civil war looks like, if they if, if they if they allow this to happen, because then what's to stop the other blue states from kicking Trump off the ballot or whomever? And uh, I believe you're only going to have so many disenfranchised voters in these states where they throw their hands up and and get ready to get ready to roll.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it happens uh, if it were to happen and get upheld by the Supreme Court that you would see instances of violence. Um, You know, and, and that's not a threat or anything Because you say that kind of stuff And sometimes people say, oh, look, they're they're threatening violence I, I'm just looking at how combustible things already are um, Oh, yeah,
0: Predict, predicting and threatening are two different things I'm just saying, I, I think that uh, I think you're 100% correct to, to play it to that logical conclusion If All it takes is one nut job To do one thing really stupid And this is this is how you create a nut job Is you start making them feel like they have no chance No hope trump's their guy or whoever was just trump in this scenario somebody does one thing that lights that flame and it's on and that's why i don't think the well, u.s supreme court's getting you know,
1: it. At, yeah. at some level too you know our system of government is built on trust and people right so you've got to trust voters to be able to decide who they think should represent them and i think I think the more you try to deprive voters of their voice, the more likelihood there is that people, you know, feel like they've been left out in the cold. And that results in more sort of agitation, violence, a more combustible environment. So at the end of the day, part of what the Supreme Court will be considering is, I believe, um, what are we doing to undermine trust in democracy if we allow sort of willy-nilly states to just be like, nope. We're not going to allow that person to be on our ballot.
0: Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. I guess we'll have a decision from the Supreme Court by January fourth. Is that my understanding?
2: Yeah, fifth, I think no. is the deadline, right? Yeah.
1: So, so basically, what the, the Colorado Supreme Court said was, uh, we're going to we're going to hold our decision. Right, we're we're not going to enforce it until January fourth to give you time to appeal. And if you appeal to the U.S. Supreme Court and they take the case up then we will essentially stay the ruling. So gotcha. It's not that the appeal has to be decided by January 4th. It's just that it essentially has to be sent um, by January 4th. And, and the president's lawyers will end up doing that. Um, you know, it's, that's a foregone conclusion. They're working on it right now, you know. And uh, and so, yeah, this, this likely won't be decided right away. Um, and ultimately, Colorado is not going to be the one that decides that it's going to be those nine men and women in black robes in washington
2: dc well russ i read last night that the what they were talking about an expedited review about the united states Supreme Court is because the ballots have to be printed by january 5th now i'm not sure if i misread but i think that's what i remember the colorado secretary of state statement was that the ballots are, are printed on you know that's when they start printing the ballots on january 5th for the march primary
1: yeah so so i think that's right um but but in effect, what that would mean, like again, my reading of the opinion was not that the Supreme Court had to decide by the fourth. Um, I could be wrong on that though. Is it mean, is your sense that they had to they actually have to issue a decision by January fourth? Uh,
2: that's what that's what I read last night. That that was the whole like this has to happen in a two week. And you know, I'll go back. I went you know I was reading so much about this, but that's one portion that I that I thought that they had said that that the um, the the sort secretary of state has got to print the ballots by January the fifth. So the, there should be need to be a ruling prior to that now I'll go back and double check that today but I think I thought I think that's correct but I'll, I mean I will review that again
0: I guess I just yeah. have a uh, hard yeah. time believing they can't print ballots at, at a quicker rate than three months
2: Hines County that
0: was that wasn't a printing error that was an ordering error. yeah yeah so all right. rush you have any thoughts in closing brother?
1: Um, no, I mean it's it's a crazy world, and and we're kind of in chart, uncharted territory right now with all this stuff. So, um, as as a goobie former lawyer, it's very interesting to me, um, but I think as a as a voter, um, it's pretty disturbing.
0: It it, it is, and I'm, I'm t- I just say the the precedents. That it set, potentially sets is dangerous, and it just feels like that's what the Democrats have done the last couple of years. That they have set the system on fire um, in an attempt to keep Trump from coming back in. Because if they, if Trump loses and they get four more years, it it basically covers all their butts from what they've done the last few years, and they are they are literally burning the system down to attempt to protect themselves and uh, burning the country down with it
1: yeah i think you've also got to contemplate the possibility that you know this is performative litigation um and by that i mean the people who filed it may not have necessarily expected to win uh they may be using it as a tactic to remind people uh of what they think is is damaging to the pres former president around january 6th. um and, and you know certainly uh, that went to the point that the Colorado Supreme Court actually favored them, but that doesn't necessarily mean that was the intent to filing the litigation. So, you know, there, there's a part of this that ultimately is not about whether or not this argument wins or loses, uh, but about the sort of narrative effect that it creates around January 6th.
2: And, Russ, I pulled up the Denver Post real quick. and What they're saying is that the Colorado Supreme Court state it's ruling until January 4th to give the U.S. Supreme Court time to weigh in. Colorado's presidential primary ballot must be set by January 5th. Ballots start being mailed to military and overseas voters by January 20th, and election day is March 5th. Now, that's so, just the article and not from the opinion, though. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think the the possibility, though, is let's say you appeal it to the U.S. Supreme Court, and instead of issuing a decision, the U.S. Supreme Court issues a stay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and then effectively, the, the Secretary of State would have to print the ballots with, with the president's, former president's name on it. So, yeah, that's um, true.
0: All right. That's Uh, right. Russ, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, Good luck with whatever you got going on today, and we will be in touch soon. Look forward to having you back in the studio here at some point.
1: Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. You
0: too. Russ Latino, Magnolia Tribune. We're going to take a break real quick. Come back. Phone lines will be open 601 879 0002. Some of y'all have been calling nonstop. I do appreciate it, but we're not going to interrupt a guest to take a call. (laughs) But uh, anyway, uh, stay tuned. Guns and Gear text line 769 241. 1944 769 241 1944 is the text line, the phone line, 601-879-0002. Welcome back in to the Clay Edwards Show. It's our Donald Trump Fallout edition of the show. Uh, again, thank you to Russ Latino for coming on with us. Guys, get out to guns and gear this week for all of your last-minute Christmas shopping needs. They will get you taken care of. Uh, if you need a new gun, a used gun, or heck, buy a big old box of ammo or two or three because it is also the home of No Limit Ammo. I don't, I would say put it in a stocking, but uh, it may not... The the stockin may not be able to hold that much weight. Anyway, guns and gear. The home of no limit ammo. They got plenty of pre-owned guns as well as brand new. Nothing nicer under the tree than an AR fifteen, a CZ Scorpion, a pistol. Uh, look, get your daughters, wives, uh, a nice little um, nice little pocket pistol. Something to protect themselves from from all these crazy folks out here running around. And look. You know they sell. I mean, they uh, they buy guns as well. So you need to sell a gun? Take it out there and let Guns and Gear make you let Guns and Gear make you a fair market value offer on the thing. And look, hadn't shot your gun in a while? Take it by there, drop it off, let them do some gunsmithing on it, clean it up good, get it ready for you. They also offer cerakoting if you're going to be out there in wet situations. You want to make sure you have your gun cerakoted. That's Guns and Gear located right there on Highway 51 North in Gluckstadt, Mississippi. At Yandale, Fifty One North at Yandell Road. Shop them online. Guns in Gear MS dot com. All right, Sean. Um, I, I want let's do this. I, we, let's let's take a call real quick, and then I want to get into this Vivek stuff. Okay. Hey, hey, Jerry, you're on the you're on there. Hey.
3: Hey, sorry about bugging you. I was in and out of uh, uh, traffic earlier. Um, but look, I appreciate Russ and Sean on here about everything that's going on, but I, I do want to differ with y'all a little bit. We we are at a we are under attack and having a civil war that's been going on since probably 2010, when the federal government turned all of our uh, spying apparatus onto the United States citizens for political reasons, and they have been weaponizing that. And you can look back on that from. Uh, from, uh, oh gosh, that gunrunner thing that Eric Holder did. He was held in contempt of Congress for, for perjury, was never prosecuted. So we have a two-tier, uh, system that's going on. And you see people, for instance, the, the federal government has used the brown shirts of the Democrat party to attack, attack law-abiding citizens called Antifa and BLM. And so the only thing you're seeing is you're seeing the American citizens that they're attacking, not showing any resistance yet. And they're screaming about insurrection, insurrection. We don't know what happened on January 6th. The wonderful person you did an interview with, you know, Michael Guest, has never come out and done any type of investigation. He allowed Benny Thompson, who destroyed evidence, which is against the law, because those are uh, public documents, to go and start this narrative of insurrection and not release information to people that they charge. There are people in prison who have never been convicted. So we have a civil war going on right now. It's just that you haven't had people resist you, and the courts are now lined up with people showing nothing against you, but the law schools are are liberal bastions of of garbage, you know, as far as their professors and whether it's the—I won't name names, but you look at what happened at Harvard and those schools. The so What they're putting out is not people that follow the Constitution. And this, this ruling that the, the Colorado Supreme Court, can you show me a conviction or even a charge of insurrection against anyone anywhere that has been convicted? Or even a charge. They have not even charged anyone in, that they're saying that, that violated the sanctity of January 6 with insurrection. Is there an actual insurrection charge that
2: they're having, John? Well, yeah, no, there actually is not. That's a good point. There, um, they—that's one of the bing, arguments. Bing, bing. That, that's one of the arguments made um, against the discussing. We Russ and I were discussing about self-execution of Section Three. It, it, whether it's you know self-executing or it's not self-executing, if it's not self-executing, then you need to be charged on. I forget the section of uh, the federal code, but it's a the insurrection act or whatever it's called. And he's never been charged with that, even by Jack Smith. So that's the that creates we, the issue there. But, right.
3: but we do have a sitting congressman who, in his life, was part of an insurrection group called the New South Africa or whatever in Mississippi who called for the violent overthrow of the United States government, and he was on the January 6th committee leading it, can we actually get maybe Rankin County Circuit Court judge to, to pull him from the ballot as far as representing the state of Mississippi based on his own words and cause the death of people in Jackson with a violent protest that, you know, happened many, many years ago?
0: Yeah, led Is to Judge Skinner's led, led dad getting killed.
3: Yeah, exactly. So that gentleman that was part of that group that was wanting a violent separation of the United States from them and giving them land is now a United States Congress.
2: You know, Jerry, what the interesting thing about this, too, is the uh, you, you mentioned liberal law school professors, and I will say this, the uh, this theory came about by, and you probably read the article um uh, by William Bod and Michael Paulson, who are conservative law professors, and Michael Ludig, who's a conservative jurist, who actually were the ones who floated this theory in a law review article earlier this year. I don't know. Did you get a chance to read that?
3: Uh, no, I did not. But my my, my, my uh, just because someone says they are an
1: R by their name, it's like saying Billy Crystal. Bill Crystal, who was part of whatever review, National Review, is
3: saying yeah, they're conservative. William
2: they're Crystal, but, yeah,
3: William Crystal. They're, they're basically... Basically, you can say, oh, he's a conservative, whatever. No, I just want someone to follow the Constitution. You can be a, but, you know, we want to go, they're all after uh, Clarence Thomas and all them about recusing themselves. There was an appointment to the Supreme Court for one simple purpose, Elena Kagan because they knew that the uh, uh, Obamacare was going to work its way through the Supreme Court. She was chief counsel for the White House, who helped draft it. Had never been a judge in her life, period. They appointed her. She didn't recuse herself, even though she actually helped draft it. So I don't want to hear, I mean, basically, there is no uh someone goes through a law school like that she should never have been on the supreme court because if you're going to have judges she, name that you name the court that she presided over before she became a supreme court justice
0: all right jerry appreciate you right, well, I, I, i'm ready.
3: sorry man thank you
0: yeah sean i know you're kind of hung up on the uh being republicans that that Started this whole thing, well, I, and I'm just going to the, the, they may have a hard, but they're not Republicans.
2: Well, I'm not talking about the plaintiffs in the, the plaintiffs in the case, right? Yeah. Were listed if you people read, that you can pull the complaint up. The you know are Republicans represented, like Russ said, by a progressive group. The there the were the lawyers. I mean, Lincoln, the uh, Lincoln Lincoln talking project about, calls themselves Republicans. Too. I'm talking about the the this this theory of Section Three, not the lawsuit that you know that was filed later. The theory about this was a legal theory floated by or written an article by William Bond and Michael Paulson and Michael Ludig. And they, they are established conservatives. I'm just saying that's who put this out there in kind of the echo sphere, this, this whole thing about this section three stuff. And it's like, I, mean you know, I read through some of it last night. It's, I don't give it to you. It's pretty interesting, but, um, and I don't know their conservative credentials. I'm just saying that's what they, you know, they say they are. I know Michael Ludig was appointed by Reagan. It was a federal judge appointed by Reagan. But, um, and they're the ones who actually floated it out there. Then Lawrence Tribe is a well-noted liberal law professor, jumped on with them. And they all kind of push this Section 3 theory, as like Russ and I were talking about, being self-executing instead of requiring some sort of other legislation
0: to implement itself. Sounds like they've been bought and paid for to me. (laughs) Maybe so. I don't know. I'm just stating what I read. Yeah, Yeah, you know, speaking of speaking of fake Republicans, I I see where Dan Crenshaw uh, has commented on Vivek Ramaswamy saying that he will withdraw his name from the ballot. If oh, Trump didn't put back on, he's maybe he should withdraw his name from all of the other states too. Oh, I patch McCain over there! I keep telling you, I figured you'd like Crenshaw. You don't like Crenshaw? Crenshaw's a cook. I don't know much about him. I just know that
2: he got that Saturday Night Live thing. Remember with um, what's the guy's name that always dates that dates uh, Kim Kardashian at one point? Pete Davidson. P- Pete Davidson, right? Like Pete Davidson was making. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was mean, making fun of him, and they had to like apologize to him and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, look he he came he came out as like an America first guy for a minute, and then he showed his colors real quick. He, he went, he's out there uh, going to the World Economic Forum stuff and all that. Dan Crenshaw could fall off a bus today, and I wouldn't be any no worse for the wear. Oh, I patch McCain—he's just another John McCain, another Democrat pretending to be a Republican. Anyway, Vivek says um, he will take his name off of all the ballot. Actually, we got some audio. ...of saying this very thing right here. We can hear it in his own words.
4: If I can hit the bar President. Here we go. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot... ...using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization... ...of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members. People who switched to the Confederacy from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least... This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on, the basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw, I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing, or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake. Whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing, or else they're complicit in what this security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that, and I expect them to do the right thing. I like it. Let's take a break real quick, Sean, and we'll come back,
0: we'll have a little bit extra time to, to pick this apart okay. before the top of the hour. Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Guys, don't forget, Burgers, Blues, Barbecue, tonight, 6 p.m. It's the second annual Clay Edwards Show Christmas Party. Not holiday party, Christmas party. We celebrate Christmas around here still. And <clears throat> We're going to do it with some cold beer, good friends, and uh, good times tonight at Burgers, Blues, Barbecue. We got... $2, 16-ounce aluminum draft, uh, not draft, uh, aluminum canned beers or bottled beer, however you want to look at that. It's an aluminum can that looks like a bottle. $2, Bud Light McUltra, and we get if you save a few bucks, if you buy a bucket, you get um six beers for nine bucks. So you save $3 buying a few at a time, get a buddy, go in halves on them, and um, enjoy. And we'll have a good time tonight. Looking forward to meeting everybody about building community, getting to know one another, and maybe we can just have a brawl over this whole Trump thing. We'll get Sean in the headlock, give him a noogie, you know, just have a good old time. Uh, tonight, Burgers, Blues, Barbecue, don't forget them for all your holiday catering needs, whether it's five or 5,000 people, they got you covered. Multiple food trucks, multiple locations, Brandon, Flowood, Madison, don't forget Flowood and Madison serve breakfast, get by there, uh, grab something to eat from those guys, and I check them out online, burgersblues.com. Sean, we've got about two or three minutes here to yep. close out the hour. Uh, normally I don't do an ad read in the last segment, but I, I didn't do any on the first part of the show, so I had to squeeze one in there. So, um, I, I look, I agree with Vivek on this thing. I I, I think it's a – and look, it's it's a stance that's easy to take, right?
2: Yeah, for him, for sure. I mean, yeah, it endears I mean, you to the Trump base. Yeah, I mean, it's easy sure. to, to say. Sure, I mean, yeah.
0: it makes sense. I mean, from political uh, positioning standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you seem just talking to you a good bit here. Uh, I don't. When I say you seem hung up on, I don't. It may not be the best wording for it, but you seem very hung up on this benefiting Nikki Haley.
2: Yeah, I think that it does. I, I mean, if Trump is well, and I let's just assume that it, for sake of argument that it, this he gets pulled off the ballot, which I don't think is going to happen, and then you know it happens in other states. Let let, let there's like a let, let's say the Supreme Court says Colorado was correct, and then other states can do this. Yeah, I think it benefits Nikki Haley. I mean, you you think we'll give our vote to Nikki Haley? I don't know yet. I mean, I think it's early. Maybe uh, I, know. I know you made a good argument to me last night about why you wouldn't. And, I, and that is, I think, a very big possibility that there's a revolt by the America First base. But I think it does. I mean, it gives her. She doesn't have a chance now. If Trump,
0: I mean, she doesn't have a chance right now. If Trump is removed from the ballot, I can assure you, we're not all going to rally together and vote for Nikki Haley. Okay, I mean, and that's <laughs> you know, I mean, you'll you'll see you'll see. MAGA vote for RFK before they vote for Nikki Haley so you think that MAGA switches to RFK he wouldn't even win the primary she wouldn't win the primary so it's a moot point I think Vivek would become the number one guy if you take Trump off there Vivek gets the MAGA vote
2: I mean, I could see that. I could see them shifting to Vivek. I mean, that's that's definitely a possibility. Over I, over her, I don't know. think
0: Desantis is a player anymore. I think I
2: agree. I think he's done. I think I think he's probably should just drop out now Me at too. this point. But um, I think you know, I think it, I think it benefits Haley. But you know, that's a good point. Uh, Vivek does benefit from a pretty good bit of
0: this, but if he gets that base, all right, hold that thought. We got to take our top of the hour break. This is the Clay Edwards Show with Sean Yerkaran. We'll be back in seven minutes on WYAB. We're back. This is the Clay Edward Show, hour two, coming at you on 103.9 FM, WYAB. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends down at Mercy House Teen Challenge Auto Center, right there in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. MercyhouseAutoCenter.com Center.com if you want to shop online. Guys, you're looking for a vehicle somewhere in that ten dollars to $20,000 range. little last minute Christmas gift for your kids, your wife, your husband, whomever, yourself. Get down there and check out the inventory. In Crystal Springs, like I said, you can shop them online, mercyhouseautocenter.com. Hey, look, they do try to keep some of those cash cars too. You know, I guess what we call a cash car nowadays is something in that five to $7,000 range. Ain't no $3,000 cars anymore. If there is, you don't want them. Just trust me on that. So, cash cars are now five to $10,000. I know if you ain't got it, I get it. Trust me. A lot of us don't. But look, shop them online, mercyhouseautocenter.com. Here's the great thing, too. See, right here at the end of the year, business owners. you got a fleet of vehicles. Uh, It's time to sell, trade. Why don't you uh, donate them? Uh, Get that tax write-off here at the end of the year. Get you a nice, nice, fat write-off. You would not have to deal with all the uh, nonsense at the auctions and the marketplace maniacs, the Craigslist crazies. Hey, maybe individual out there. you got an old vehicle sitting in your yard, sitting in the driveway. you got a clear title on it. Running or not, give them a call. They will come haul it off. I don't believe... Uh, somebody tagged me in a post the other day about uh, them buying junk cars. Uh, they don't buy junk cars, but they will. You can donate um, your vehicle to them. So a uh, little little difference there. I think junk cars are more like salvage yards, stuff of that nature. And they're not going to come just haul off your mess for you, just for the sake of it. <clears throat> so and pay you to do it, should I say? So keep that in mind, and look get that tax right off and. Shop today, MercyHouseAutoCenter.com, and you're helping put fathers back in homes and beat addiction as this helps fund their rehabilitation center there in Georgetown, Mercy House Teen Challenge. All right, Sean, you're up, run. Uh, The guns of your text line, 769-241-1944. Let's read a few texts real quick. People have been lighting it up this morning. Steven says, I'm voting for Trump if I have to write him in. Do you think it will start a war if he's left off the ballot? It should, because where will it stop if we don't? Well, here's the problem with civil war nowadays, especially in this context. The the military is controlled by our enemy. <laughs> so uh, we, we, are, we, we our backs are against the wall when it comes to that. You know, unless we have a bunch of them say, screw it, I'm not participating in this and different than the militaries go to battling each other. I, I don't know. I guess it's a possibility, highly unlikely. What you're going to see here is politi- is if if it goes if it gets hot, if it goes from well, we're in a cold civil war now. I meant to say that earlier. We are in a cold civil war. Left versus right, good versus evil. If it gets hot, it's not going to be Americans versus their military. It's going to be you versus your neighbor.
2: Well, I mean, you know, let's just hope it doesn't get to that, man. Uh, you know, I think I think what's going to happen here is It'll pretty. Like urge. Yeah, I, I think it, you know the United States Supreme Court is going to reverse the Colorado Supreme Court. I'm 99.9 percent sure of that. I think most people are that are you know lawyers or any anybody that's analyzing this correctly how this was applied. Um, and I think Russ was right about this. There was a publicity stunt you know, used, and um, it just, it, it got lucky with a, you know, uh, I guess a liberal Supreme Court that voted, by the way, it's all seven Democrats, and three of them, and I read their dissents, and I sent you some of them, that, um, that, you know, disagreed with it, and said, this is kind of insane, I don't know what you guys are trying to do here, and you know, the, 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 what I, I didn't say this in the first hour. I mean, I did a little bit touch on it, What I, what I think is, the most troubling part to me is that the, you know, he Donald Trump has not been found guilty of anything yet, right We're always uh, you know defendants are cloaked with a presumption of innocence, and that's something that applies to all of us, whether you like somebody or you don't like somebody they 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 we, you get that, and he has not been found guilty by any court whatsoever of of this or of, he's not even charged with insurrection by the way, but of any crime. so I think um, for a court to just summarily say, yeah, we think that he engaged in insurrection and and that's it. And then he's off the ballot is 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 a gigantic problem, and not just for this case, but for like you were saying and Russ was saying for many others, and whether you're going to use it against Democrats or Republicans. I mean, there's been no adjudication of anything. Like the Confederates were had they fought a war, and we knew who they were. Like we knew they were like they were the they were the ones. They lost the war. They were in the states in rebellion. It was pretty obvious at the time that they wrote the um, 14th Amendment. Who who the folks that were in insurrection were? Everybody knew here is just not the same kind of thing and you know he's he's just not there's not been any adjudication to that issue it's just a court here saying that so that's you know i have a real problem with It's just a court saying yep we think he did it I mean that just doesn't that's just not the way the system works
0: yeah the, um and i just find this so ironic coming from the left the democracy dies in darkness folks the threat to democracy folks that democracy dies with democrats well i mean you know <laughs>
2: Certainly, this doesn't look good. You're trying to pull somebody that's r- from the ballot based on something that has not been adjudicated yet. And um, and then, you know, I, I know I've, I've talked to you about this off air. I mean, yes, there's a progressive group that represented, but these also are Republicans. And I know you call them Lincoln Project Republicans or not rhinos or whatever. But this is a Republican primary. That Republicans are the plaintiffs in this case.
0: No, Democrats get as excited about bipartisan fake rhinos as white conservatives do about black Republicans saying the things they want to hear them say. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. yeah you, you know, look. It, that's, that's why, it's, yeah, white Republicans it, love it,
2: Candace Owens, you know?
0: You know, look, it's, we, those fake Republicans, those co- country club, white collar, uh, sport jacket wearing conservatives, Sport coat-wearing conservatives, suit-wearing conservatives, they do not represent America. They are not Republicans. We may we may sometimes vote the same. that's your, your, your Roger Wickers of the world. You're just all—this whole bunch. I, I'm out Well,
2: on don't that. you think then it's just the establishment—let's call them establishment Republicans for, for the sake of this discussion. Well, we just call them and, all the establishment. The, and then they're coordinating with the Democrats yeah. to get Trump off the ballot. They're they're working in conjunction for that to that end. Yeah. Now I think you know and again this this lawsuit is is going to be reversed by the United States Supreme Court. But let's say what if it is upheld? The U.S. Supreme Court, you know, decides, hey, this was correct. The Colorado this is something they're never going to do, by the way. But let's say they did it. So they say that you know the uh, Colorado Supreme Court interpreted Section Three correctly, and Trump is now off the Colorado ballot. Then you have other states fall in unison. That creates. and this is why, again, y'all, those United States Republicans are not going to do this because they see this is going to create utter, absolute anarchy and chaos yep. if that kind of opinion came out. Then – because you're going to have other groups, other establishment, Republicans and Democrats are going to get together and say, hey, let's try to file this in Georgia. Let's try to file this in Kentucky. Let's try to file this You know, – they're going to try to do that in other places. And, uh, you know, the results of those lawsuits going to be different because, by the way, this isn't the first lawsuit of this kind that's been filed. It's happened in Minnesota and Michigan. I think Russ referenced that.
0: If this happens, then you'll you'll, you're going to see, you know how a whole flock of Democrats ran on prosecuting Trump. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a whole flock of Republicans run on prosecuting Democrats, kicking Democrats off ballots. You're going to see somebody run. Let's just say, for example, a Clay Edwards decides to run in Mississippi. I'm going to ban – I'm going to run on banning Democrats from the ballot. Yeah, that's exactly what's Democrats can no longer run in Jackson, Mississippi. That's why we're in the uh, – it's
2: it's going to be the banning industrial complex. Yeah. And then just like we have the impeachment industrial complex, you know, Democrats are trying to impeach Trump for everything, and now the Republicans are trying to impeach Biden. And it's going to – that's never going to end. It, whoever's in power, the other party is going to try to impeach them forever yeah. until, you know, we get out. This is just this is what's going to happen from now on. So now we've created this situation. Everybody
0: wants blood. When yeah. it's drawn from them,
2: yeah, and I mean, and it's this is just—I don't know what what the goal was for these groups that have filed these lawsuits. Like, did they did they really think this was going to end up where everybody was like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, Trump's off the ballot." Like, I mean, did everybody just going to be quiet about that? Like, that was fine. I don't know what the, they were just—I I don't know what was in their mind to do something like this in that context. Now, I think it would be different. Let's say Trump was found guilty in the Jack Smith cases. And then you did it, even though he's not charged with insurrection in those. But let's just say for the purpose of this argument that he was. And and I think one of the dissents in the Colorado Supreme Court opinion kind of references this scenario. Then you'd have some sort of leg to stand on because there's been an adjudication. But here there's been none. And you're still trying to do it. You're trying to say somebody – what you're essentially saying is, hey, he's guilty of this even though nobody said he's guilty of it. So therefore we're going to pull him off the ballot. And that's, and that's just an absolute problem.
0: And look, all of this is a distraction – to keep us from talking about the fact that the Epstein client list is coming out, you sent me that last night. So what's the? I have not followed that
2: as much as you have. What's the circumstances, boy? What's coming out on that? 177 names. So now we're gonna know who was on the list. Yep. Well, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and guess they still uh, leave some off. Okay. Who is releasing the list? Like, how does that? Uh, work? Some
0: judge signed off on it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I, got I mean, one. who's? Is
2: that the the whatever that what's the name Christine? Whatever that had a list of people that were there or something. I did
0: I think I screenshot. Yep. A conservative, this is a conservative federal district judge, Loretta Preska. She just ruled to unseal the secret court docs that name 177 people who were involved in the Jeffrey Epstein case set for release. The first days of 2024, she has got a picture over here. Mm-hmm. I fully expect her to die. Suddenly unexpectedly, uh, a four, four stage four cancer she didn't know she had. Uh, let's take a call real yeah. quick. You're on there.
3: Oh, uh, good morning. Can you hear me?
0: Nah, I can't. I'm sorry, Master. D can't hear you right now. Um. So yeah, look, I, I think a lot of this is also a distraction. And I know that's conspiracy theorist. Uh, every time something about this list comes up, something magically happens. I just hope to they take re- our minds release of
2: it. it, just so everybody can shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just like, put it all out there. Like that's.
0: I mean, what, what was it? Prince Andrew, he's screwed.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Bill Clinton,
0: <laughs> screwed. You know, I think w- what it is. I mean, the left is worried about who's on it, and they're and they're going to be very upset when they find out the Trump ain't.
2: Well, I mean, I think the right's worried about who's on it too, because I'm feeling both people from both parties are on that list. I'm good. I'm going to go on a limb and say that's. I,
0: I, I, I'm going to say this. I don't care who's on it. At all, as long as Trump ain't on it. I don't, you know, obviously I've got a lot invested in Trump not being on that list. Mm-hmm. You know, any any quote unquote Republican otherwise is just another uniparty uh, shield being puppeteered by the deep state. And that's their blackmail material. They throw them on these planes. Hey, we're going to go party with chicks. <laughs> we're going to video you, have a sex with minors, and do all this stuff. Of course, you don't know you're doing that at the time, I presume. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, like, there's probably a lot of people who. Had sex with minors on the, you know, that obviously got videoed, and that's why they want to keep this off there. Yeah, I mean, this is going to b- blow the system up. You know, Republican, Democrat. I, I can't think of well, a single Republican that's in office right now up there in in, in, in Washington D.C. that I can't do without. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Let, let the list come out. Let's see who's on it. You know, I mean, that's the thing about uh, these sex scandals or child. I mean, uh, you know, I were talking about this. We had a discussion on the phone the other night where, like, it's just. Your political beliefs have, to me, sometimes have no bearing on whether you're going to do something messed up. People, I mean, we just had this Moms for Liberty with Bridget Ziegler scandal, and I mean, then there's you sent me that Breitbart thing about all the Democratic sex scandals. I mean, they got one thing in common, right? They're all a bunch of sex scandals by people, right? Whether whatever their side of the aisle was. I mean, I, I just don't. I just don't. Yeah. So, I mean, I just think it's just. And, it could, so, it could, I mean, I think it's going to be any. It's going to be anybody and everybody.
0: And people having sex ain't a scandal. No, you know what I mean. Like we're taking every time somebody it finds out somebody was having sex. Oh, it's a scandal if they weren't married to the person. That's not a if scandal. they were cheating on their spouse. Their human spouse
2: I guess it's a scandal from that regard, right? I mean, if you're cheating on your spouse, then it's a scandal.
0: The scandal industrial complex. <laughs> Let's take a break. The sex
2: scandal industrial complex. Let's cause... take a
0: break. We'll be right back. Showing your cron. Welcome back into. The Clay Edwards Show. This segment is going to be brought to you by our friends over at Watkins Construction and Roofing. Hey guys, give them guys a call today. Or you know, I'm not in the business of giving out phone numbers. It's hard to remember that stuff when you're going down the road. But check out their website, WatkinsConstructionInc.com. WatkinsConstructionInc.com, and get in touch with those dudes and let them come out and do a complimentary roof inspection today. They'll work with your insurance company the entire, for the entire process, every step of the way. Whether you have a leaky roof need a shingle or two replaced, I'm sure there's a minimum. They don't just do a shingle or two, but uh, whether it's uh, just a repair or a full replacement, Watkins Construction Roofing's got you taken care of. You're never going to wonder where you're, what step you're you're at in the process. They're going to be in constant communication the whole way. It's going to be the for a, for a project that's so big. It's going to seem so seamless when you work with Watkins Construction and Roofing. The crews are very, very uh, professional and courteous. They're going to be out there. They're going to take care of your landscaping. They're going to clean up after themselves. They're going to be professional while they're on site. You're going to hear all that bumpy bump, bump, bump music going on. You'll only know they're there because you got a new roof out of the process or repaired roof. And, again, everything, if you go read their their 500-plus Google reviews, five-star Google reviews, which golf clap for getting that many happy customers. The one thing you're going to see over and over and over again is the professionalism and the constant communication along the way. You you never had to call them and ask a question. They typically were ahead of your question with an answer, letting you know what, what was going on. And uh, that just goes back to their leader, the owner, Michael Deer, and uh, his professionalism and his ability to drive a very professional team and do huge things. Watkins Construction Roofing locally owned, operating statewide and in Alabama. Check them out online, WatkinsConstructionInc.com. All right, Sean, uh, I think we got Master D. back on the phone. Okay. Let's see if we can hear him All now. Right. All right, Master D., can we hear you
4: now?
3: Yeah, uh, Clay, uh, when are you going to invite me to the show? Uh, I'm going to give a personal rundown of my history. For all the sales and white supremacists and black supremacists or whatever y'all want. To
0: what call about it? the rainbow supremacists? I'm sure they want to know too.
3: What kind of supremacists?
0: Rainbow. Oh, yeah. I don't get it. That's the LGBTQ I folks.
3: I got.
0: They gave me some rainbow cake. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> now I was say, you know, I love that birthday cake flavor. What, which one? Rainbow cake, birthday cake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. the like my protein drinks or all that. I like that. The rainbow The birthday cake. You yeah. like the rainbow one? Right. Oh, yeah, whatever. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Master what, D, what you got?
3: What you see that happened in L.A., and one of the things that Colin Powell said when he died, he said the, the, the people, the, the young people in society now are not fit for the military. Our military is basically, you know, it one for the drone programs and the other of uh, technology, high tech. I mean, he'll really be suffering. But what I noticed about these immigrants, they're military aid, a lot of them are wearing boots and jackets. They're very in shape, clean cut. Oh, y'all better get ready, buddy. $350,000 because uh, Joe Biden did it in November. I mean, I can't understand how these conservatives talk, so they're not on their grind. I mean, it's just a bunch of talk. But they're getting prepared. And, and, and you can see it at this point. You know, it's not a Republican, Democrat. Thing. It's not a black and white thing. It's going to be about survival. And you know, uh, you know, you can see it coming into patience It's just like uh, when you see the city <laughs> giving away property. All these property have one thing in common. They go down two stories. These old wealthy, the state is positioning itself. To buy all the schools that have underground. All these schools that are closing down have underground pitch. People just sitting around. All the I here build those Walmarts. All the Walmarts are underground, a lot of people there, And they go to the highway and the train station. Oh, they getting ready, buddy. And if you think that you're gonna overtake what they have in place, the best thing you can have truck prepare and place for, for five.
0: All right, thank you, Master yeah. D cutting out on sir. Yeah, probably. what the? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, we got it, it, so it, there's it,
2: underground WalMarts and like Hamas tunnels or something that they
0: got. I'm sure. And the city just uh, gave the Eudora Wealthy to the state.
2: Yeah, they're going to build that green space out there. I've actually had a friend that works there was telling me about all that stuff. It looks like it's going to be pretty cool.
0: Well, you know, that's a uh, that, that's a great uh, reverse and uh, reverse situation. You know how the city will just sit on its hands so long and let something get so out of hand that the state has to fix it. Yeah. like the water and whatnot and everything else and everything else. <laughs> now, now they just don't feel like repairing a building. So I was like, y- y'all can just have it.
2: Yeah. The, uh, there's, I've seen the actually planned for it a few months ago and it's going to be like this kind of, where they're going to be able to have concerts there and all this stuff. Have you, have you been to the civil rights museum? Or? No. It's actually, when you go there, it, I've only been there once last year and, uh, it feels like you're an actual real city. We, you know, it's really it's done super well. It's it's really it's like a Smithsonian. it's really done well. I, you know, I recommend everybody go check it out. But the uh they're gonna they have that plan for that area where they're gonna build that big green space and you know it's gonna be kind of like a place you can go hang out and I'm sure they'll have like you know I'm sure there'll be beer and everything sure, out there. I'm sure there'll
0: be transgender drag shows out there for kids, just I mean, like there you was at the, just
2: like there was at the Pride Fest they had out there. Well, actually, you know what I found out about that? Okay, so there's a the same thing. You know, RFK was there this summer, too. And that that's a private event space. It's not state-sponsored. It's actually a private event, so anybody can rent it out. It's not like a state-sponsored. I've actually looked into that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's not – it wasn't a state-sponsored kind who, of thing. Who owns it? Um, the, the museum owns it, I think, okay. but it's not a state – like, a, it's not a – anybody can rent it out. It's
0: not like a state thing. So – gotcha yeah well, like
2: you could go rent it out for the clay Edwards christmas party if you wanted to like anybody can rent it
0: yeah, well there wouldn't be any illegal activity there wouldn't, there wouldn't be any uh drag queens dry humping kids at my event
2: well no i mean i wouldn't say there would be but yeah. i'm just saying anybody can it's open for anybody to rent out that's f-
0: <laughs> so, but no you yeah i wouldn't think
2: they were gonna have a drag show at the clay are we having one tonight
0: well you look you're, i you're,
2: mean you're, you're never
0: know. you never know i mean the, you never know it's a it is a it, the, the, oh by the way tonight's uh Christmas party is an all-age event, so there will, in fact, not be any uh, drag shows. Okay, it's all-ages. No no, uh, LGBTQ story time. Nothing.
2: Man, I thought the, uh, you know, okay, I thought it was a 21 and up kind of thing because then, well, then you could have then you could have actually invited the drag show which I think would really have been fitting for the Clay Edwards show for the drag <laughs> show
0: <laughs> like which callers would never no, let's not even yeah. it. we could have some fun with that but I don't want to disparage <laughs> anybody let's look at the guns and gear text line here real quick Um, we had a great text a second ago Um, I don't remember who sent it but he said that this is actually all a distraction from the UN army uh, invading our southern border and I, I have a hard time arguing against that. That this the between the Epstein list, between this the Trump shenanigans and everything else going on. Meanwhile, Southern border wide open, there there's a media blackout down there. They won't let anybody they won't let any press near. They don't want people to see what's going on. Sean, can can you rationalize in your brain anyway, I mean in a just as a as an American, not as a Democrat? Can you rationalize what's going on at our border and justify it in any fashion? You know, it's funny you bring that up. I was talking to uh,
2: – remember Will who called in for uh, the uh, election yeah, show? your my buddy? He's, he's he's much further left than I am. But we had this discussion. We were discussing in context – I think I brought it up to you – in context of Republicans in the abortion Dobbs-Roe issue and Democrats in immigration, where I've always said with – when Roe got our return, Republicans caught the car – and, and the caused, dog the dog chasing after the yeah, car yeah theory. the Republicans caught the car and then it caused him electoral consequences for that democrats have for years it's the same thing they've pushed all this rhetoric about you know open borders immigration and then now they you know they let that happen to you know and it's been utter chaos and so they've caught the car on this issue and now they don't know what to do and, and that's they, where you've that's i think what you see a lot of that happen they
0: never played it enough steps ahead yeah. To, to to say, to oh what... crap, they're gonna get outside of Texas. Yeah, I mean, because they and didn't they're care. Arizona.
2: They're like, oh, it's gonna be in Texas. We'll just, you know, we can argue, we can argue that, oh, we're for open immigration. Everybody should come here. But then everybody got here, and then they're in New York and all these places, and and the mayors are getting mad, and it's causing all these massive issues. And now they're like, oh my god. And now because it used to be an issue, immigration, where just the right would be concerned about it, and or even even the you know further right. It was never an issue where that just encompassed all Americans were really that concerned. Now, because of the chaos down there, everybody's paying attention to it now. They're like, OK, wait a second. We've got a massive crisis. It's not – it's your average ordinate, ordinary day American is actually looking about what's going on, on the border where, let's say, six years ago, seven years ago, they were not doing that. But now everybody's hyper-focused on it because it's become such an utter disaster down there, which is – and that's why I call it the Democrats caught the call on that issue, Same, you know, similar to the Republicans and the abortion issue.
0: You know, I mean look, I do think beyond that there is a group of evil masterminds controlling what's going on and they do want to make white people the minority in this country. And let me just tell you, the second that I become the minority, I'm setting up the United Cracker College Fund. <laughs> you uh, can make another shirt. You made a good shirt yesterday. Why didn't you make a shirt for that? There you go. That was the FAFO. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm yeah. setting up a United Cracker College Fund, uh the the United Cracker League of America. I mean, all this stuff the minorities are getting now, I'm going to get the white. We, we going to get us us oppressed straight white folks, and uh, our, our black brethren and sister too that are that are conservative. They're allowed to partake. I'm not I'm not going to shut somebody out just because, you know, because white is just a construct. Race mm. r- race is just a construct. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to leave any of our black brothers and sisters out like they do us. So they're going to be welcome into my little my little club. But uh, you, you will have to be known as a cracker
2: if you do. The cracker oppression industrial complex. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> I mean,
0: uh, the, 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 again, it's going to be kind of like the dog catching the car. If you finally make me the minority, I want everything y'all been getting. Can you protest? Will you protest? I, I want a EBT card. Yeah, I just, uh I want, uh, well, I don't want no more baby mamas. But. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I mean, it, it, it's. No. Being serious. Now, I am kind of being serious. I would absolutely advocate for all those things. But being serious, they, they they seem dead set on replacing the voting population in this state. I mean, in this country. With with foreigners. Well, I mean... if Whoever they it's, think it's going to benefit them at the polls. That is a... You know, Sean, it's kind of like the censorship thing. Mm-hmm. They they consistently want to censor conservative viewpoints. Yeah. They're, they're, because they're concerned... That they're an easier sale than Democrat, than Democrat viewpoints, and you can never convince me otherwise. They they don't want our side talking because it's easier to believe that America should be first, and they do not want people to realize that. Yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, I mean, I, you know, I agree with the, in terms of the cancel culture in terms of the white replacement theory. I mean, obviously, I don't think that's going on, but if it is going on. I think it's – a if whoever's masterminded, if that is going on – I don't think it is, but let's say it is – then it's a really bad plan. And here's what I mean. The Hispanics are trending conservative. It's like if you don't – like, I grew up in Hispanic communities in, my, in South Florida. The Cuban communities are completely conservative. Sure. It, it, compl- the, there's different groups of Hispanics. They're not all just like – where they're going to be automatically liberal and Democrat. They're not. That's not. That's not accurate. There's a lot – now Hispanics have – trended there's many of them trended towards donald trump like that is like there's a lot of, you know mexican americans especially are kind conservative social values so like i think it's you know kind of a misnomer to think that like i know there's a theory out there that they're all going to become democrats like that's not i don't think that's accurate
0: i think they are the c double the c what's that c double <laughs> cracker oh,
2: association for the advancement of yeah i got gotcha yeah <laughs> God. You know, uh, well, it would I have, have to be the c
0: double a w p
2: um yeah i mean i don't know i like the cracker industrial complex i want everything to be an industrial complex yes like just because i just i brought uh everybody i brought clay a, a christmas gift today and i told him i got all these um, i go over to dollar general and buy the christmas gift bags because they're cheaper because if you go to like walgreens or cvs it's like six dollars a bag so i call it the gift bag industrial complex because they're
0: just overpriced <laughs> we, we did our secret santa thing over at my mom's house sunday and every time somebody picked up a bag my sister was like let, let, let me have your bag let me ha- let me have your bag. you know what i'm thinking about it she's hoarding these bags so Smart she doesn't lady. have to buy them. But, you know, I don't think I've ever gotten a Christmas gift from my sister. Now, in defense, I've never given her one either. Mm-hmm. We just don't do gift swaps. Yeah. You know, but I was like, who are you giving all these gifts to? Yeah, me and
2: my sister don't do it either. We're, uh, we're like, we're adults. We get it for our parents. Yeah, You know, and my sister were like, let's just save the money and go spend it on whatever you want to. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back into the Clay Edwards Show. Again, I'm going to beat it up tonight, second annual Christmas party, Clay will Show Christmas party at Burgers Blues Barbecue downtown. Brandon, get out there, have some fun with us, Sean will be there, I'll be there, have a whole cast of characters there, free to get in. Uh, we've got beer discounts, uh, they got great food, come enjoy one of our great sponsors at Burgers Blues and Barbecue tonight. The biggest cheese sticks in the state of Mississippi, I can't confirm that. But I can't imagine anybody having any bigger ones. If you've ever seen one of these things, they are the size of my forearm. Uh, you can—they're so big. They sell them individually. You don't have to buy the whole basket. <laughs> hmm. uh, two is probably the recommended amount, uh, in my opinion. Uh, speaking of food and sponsors, Acme Pizza and Dakries, right out there, Fannin Mart on the Reservoir. Be sure to enjoy them. Shipset has been busy there during the week, but a little slower on the weekends. Everybody doing their Christmas stuff, so. Get out there. Uh, Support them during the week if you want. But uh, get out there on the weekends. Don't forget to support Acme Pizza and Daiquiri. a great atmosphere in there. It's kind of dark, nice ambiance. They always got some live music there on Friday and Saturday nights. So get out there and enjoy that. 12 different specialty pizzas, 9 different frozen daiquiris on tap. And you can get them to go. So you got some family coming over for the holidays? Go ahead. Get you a couple gallons of daiquiris. Put them in the freezer. They're in bags so they... They, they save space, uh, throw them in the deep freeze, thaw them back out on um, Christmas Day or day after Christmas or whenever you got your family function. Uh, if you've ever tried making daiquiris, it's kind of a pain in the butt. They never taste quite like you want them to. Uh, they got it down to an art there at Acme. Pizza and daiquiris, Phantom Art on the res, open daily, 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Available on all major food delivery apps, pizza, pasta, burgers, appetizers, and more. Sean Yurkron oh we've had a been a wild show this morning man we, we've covered a lot of ground uh i want to hit up the guns of your text line real quick yep. apparently my new organization can in fact still be called NAACP uh thank you to david for this it's the national association for the advancement of cracker people <laughs> you're gonna make that into a shirt now I, I, I may just do that and look i can say cracker yeah i mean i don't see why you couldn't now uh Black folks, y'all, y- y- y'all can't say it. It's, it's 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 our one word that only we can say. <laughs> only we can say. So those little fancy square things that you eat with from stores, you can call them saltines. You can call them anything else. You can't call them crackers anymore. It's, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll have to file a complaint with the Department of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion if you do. It's a cracker industrial complex. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I'm sure there's people who wake up and they want to hear serious talk radio yeah. and they're just like banging their head against the wall right now. Like, what are these idiots talking about? Well, we had a whole law school class the first hour, right? I mean, yeah. now I think it's... Uh, now I want you to know, talk
2: about the gift bag and i mean everybody come on the i think your sister's idea is great the gift bag thing is ridiculous I mean, it costs them one penny to make these things and are uh, overcharged
0: half the time the gift people put in them don't cost as much as the bag no it just doesn't like, people mean, are like okay great a gift i get to reuse the bag though exactly and maybe it's because like people are too lazy to actually because
2: i know i'm too lazy to wrap gifts so, i mean that, the wrapping paper may be cheaper yeah. Like you get more out of it, at least. And so right. they're 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 taking money off people's laziness. What it is?
0: I tried wrapping a gift one time, and I realized real quick wrapping gifts and uh, fixing upholstery mm-hmm. are two things Clay Edwards can't do. <laughs> yeah, I mean. you know, like can't, let's keep we're gonna have to keep that border open. I need some, we need some good uh, upholstery people in America.
2: And why are women so good at it? Like every time you know you're dating somebody wherever I buy them a Christmas, mine looks like like a six-year-old wrapped it you know it's like that big crease it gets bubbled up in the end i'm like here you go what? and then like theirs is so like it's i mean it looks like it was like handcrafted wrapped
0: all right let's be serious for a second why are and I, i'm saying this seriously not in a joking manner why are certain uh races ethnicities of people really really good at certain things like why are mexicans so good at doing upholstery work I don't know. Are they good? Are they good at that? Well, like, yeah. There's several upholstery shops around town, and they're, they're they're owned by Mexicans. And I'm not I'm not trying to sound like a racist or nothing. I'm being dead well, serious here. Like certain groups are really good. And, I mean, there's something about Mexico that they have to reupholster a lot of stuff down there. That they, it becomes a, a trade. You know, that's funny. Actually, those books that you recommended me about Jackson, the Once We Crowned Kings, and yeah.
2: then the uh, One Direction Home—is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. And they talk about that in one of those books about. Immigrant merchant, I mean, immigrant profession classes that came into Jackson. Like, all the Greeks started restaurants and they were good. And, like, still this day, I guess the Greeks are just known yeah. for their ability in restaurants. And I, I've got a lot of Nigerian friends and they're all tailors. Like their parents are tailors. Some of them now are yeah. lawyers and doctors. But like it's just like certain immigrant groups, you know. You get them certain things. Yeah, I know. I mean, like and, you know, it, like my dad owned a when I was growing up, we owned a clothing store, and uh, I just I just figure me Middle Eastern people are kind of street hustlers. That's that's Jew- our it's our profession. But
0: Jewish people on on rap label, record labels.
2: Yeah, record labels and uh, and bill and stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like there's a. There's certain you know immigrant groups pick certain profession classes, and that's how they kind of make their way. We it's always talk.
0: We always talk about Asians and math, but I never met a Chinese accountant. Yeah, I don't know that I have either.
2: I mean, maybe they're maybe they're smart to know that that job is you know I mean, frustrating because all the accountants I know like hate their life.
0: Like the, you know, and like Indians and uh like like to, you know like, you don't want to say
2: hotel and gas stations, right? Like you're well, no, I didn't want to say dot.
0: Oh, you know, but like that you know Pakistani Indians, mm-hmm. you know. They do the gas stations and hotels. Uh, Middle Easterners, gas stations, hotels. I
2: know. I've always asked my dad, I was like, why did we not get into the hotel gas station, you know, industry? Like, I mean, you know, I just always wish that he had done that. I'm like, you came here, you couldn't buy one gas station. Like,
0: like that's I'm, a joke I was throwing at him. Like, I've been convinced over there, and like, and I have friends that do that. I, I, I it's know, a like, great you know, in, Indian I mean, Indian friends, and I, I I support those gas stations. I ain't got no problem with it. Um I got friends that just not like the ones in Jackson. Um head. I'm just like, it's like an industrial complex. Speaking of yeah, industrial yes, they- complex, do, I mean, do they win, is, it, is a free gas station or a hotel, like their scratch-off lottery over there? Oh, you're going to America. You want to you want a, you know, there's different levels. Like, there's like a, there's like, <laughs> what are those, uh, what are those that are so dangerous that I always talk about all the time? The... The, the, the gas. There's one on the corner, Ellison an, and 80. There. Oh, okay, yeah. Like if they if one of those ever come to your neighborhood, it's too late.
2: Yeah. Oh, a Jasco. A Jasco. Yeah. Like there's
0: different levels to it. Like oh, there's and, double quick Jasco. Yeah, like right the, the five dollar, the five dollar scratch off is a Jasco or a Laxmi, <laughs>
2: Yeah. Then you're like, dang it, I'm going over there. Yeah.
0: Like, oh, I'm going to be in a, I'm going to be in a Democrat area. You know, like the higher up, like the Powerball is like a, a Shell and Brandon or something.
2: Yeah. Like you get, you're lucky if you're in the suburbs. I mean, they oh, got, you got a Circle K. Yeah, I mean they, they, you know, they've done a really good job of uh, mastering that industry. I mean, I wish, I wish I was that lucky because that stuff. I mean, they, they do really well with that they do. business. They do super well with that business. Uh, and, there, uh, there's,
0: there's one on 471 and Brandon. It's a shell. It's on the corner of 471 in Baker Lane, and it, it's my favorite gas station. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I go in there. Those folks know my name. Um they they have they have a lot of Americans that work in there black and white. Yeah. Uh, they got good fried chicken, pizza. They're just very polite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's owned by the Singh family. Okay. Uh very uh, I don't remember the guy's first name. Uh, I don't want to say it and be wrong. I know it, but anyway, I think it's owned by a certain individual is always in there. Uh very American, you can tell he was raised here. Family been here for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, super nice guy. They run a tight ship over there. Just good folks. Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's
2: a it's an interesting thing. It's a it's a damn it's a damn good business to be involved in, though. Um, that's why I said that's why I make the joke to my father. I was like, you know, that, this law thing is not as much fun as that would be, Dad. We could have a bunch of gas stations. I mean, like you're from the Middle East, come I could on. Buy my, uh, why couldn't uh, we do this? I could know? buy my, I, could, I could buy my
0: kratom and CBD
2: from y'all. Yeah, from from us, it'd be great. I mean, you know, be, uh,
0: but. Oh, you know it is. I went to law school instead. So. As life goes. We'll be right yeah. back. Close out the t- show here with uh, Sean Yurkron on WYAB. Welcome back into the Clay Edward Show with Sean Yurkron here on WYAB as we get ready to land the plane for the day. Sean, I got a good text here on the Guns and Gear text line. Uh, unknown texture. Says those groups of people talking about these uh these uh, f- these immigrants uh, work together with one another so their people don't have to struggle when they come to this country and, and that, that is a great a great point I think that is something uh, blacks pretend to do it whites don't even pretend to do it uh, this you know kind of working with one another to help one another out and give each other a a helping hand there's a there's a lot of jealousy. Um, in our blood. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. People who are born in America. There's an American, we call it white privilege. There's an American privilege. That's true. That's that, true. That, that comes yep. to me. You know, we kind of like, it's every, it's every man for itself. It's a it's a, a, mari- a meritocracy, which I am a yep. fan of. It's yep. meritocracy. You the made the sh- survival of the sickest, you know? It's a lot of...
2: I think a lot of American culture is a lot of keeping up with the Joneses, too. It's like, you know, oh, yeah. it, it's like this guy's got this. So, I, you know, I, I need to have this. And I mean, it's just it, it's a lot of like people live their lives by based upon what they especially now. Social media has just expanded upon that more than you can imagine. And like you see these fake lives on there and everybody's like, I've got to have that. i got to go to Aruba. I've got to have a Mercedes. And
0: they, you, you, know, you know, it's funny you say that because I think you could take that back to even something non non monetary like love and happy family mm-hmm. you you with the divorce rate at over fifty percent in this country or at 50 percent you know all these uh, beautiful happy perfect families you see on Instagram and Facebook ain't beautiful happy Absolutely. perfect families usually that is the, the, when they do those perfect family photos and they post them on the internet it is a front to make you think mm. they're happy families and knowing that somebody's uh, fooling around on the other person or oh yeah whatever the case may be. Just um, like when you
2: see those bumper stickers, that some guys will have that says, I love my wife, and I'm like, Yep, that guy doesn't love his wife. You no, know, his wife put that sticker <laughs> he, on there. Yeah, it's all right, it's on his car. You know, I mean, it's just uh it's I think people have this need to just have this, you know, outward thing so other people can approve of whatever they're doing, whether it's what they own or what the relationship status is, all that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I want you all to approve of our Christmas party tonight. Uh burgers, blues, barbecue, downtown Brandon, six A. M. to nine PM. Gonna have a great time. We'll all be out there. Looking forward to seeing everybody tonight. Again, it's about building community, getting to know one another, like minded individuals. Uh, Again, even Democrats are invited. Sean will be there. Uh, And anybody else that's listening is welcome to come. Looking forward to seeing everybody tonight. See y'all later. Mike Madison up next.